Warning, this podcast may contain spoilers. This is the Flix X-Raid podcast, starting in 5, 4... I'm your host, Tony. I'm your host, Jeff. Tonight we have with us, Mark. My brother. And as always, we have our resident sound guy, our pretty James. Pretty James? Ooh, someone has been looking at my Snapchat filters. Yes, I have. Tonight we're doing the movie Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Gum Barrels. Eddie convinces three friends to pool funds for a high-stakes poker game against local crime boss, Hatchet Harry. The botched card game triggers four friends, thugs, weed growers, Hard gangsters, loan sharks, and debt collectors to collide with each other in a series of unexpected events, all for the sake of weed, cash, and two antique shotguns. All right, so Mark, uh, this movie we watched <clears throat> because it's one of your top ten faves. Uh, so why is this one of your favorite movies? In a brief synopsis here. Um, I liked it because there was like 15 different groups involved with it, and they all seemed like there were different storylines. Okay. But then they all kind of tie together in the end in this weird, fucked up manner. Fair enough. Oh, thank God. I'm glad someone else thought that. <laughs> I think Brian, we all thought that. What, what was your thought on this? It was like Machete, but without the gore and most of the good stuff. Damn but it was British. <laughs> British Machete. British Machete. Tony, what is your two synopsis of this? A clusterfuck from beginning to end that involves four idiots who essentially lose $100,000 and never get it back. They get something out of it, maybe. Well, they sold the guns and made like no, two fifty a gun. We don't know if they did. That's the end of the movie. And it I like off. to assume that they. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Eh, I like to assume that he didn't drop them in the river and that they all lived happily ever after with their money that they'd spend on drugs and prostitutes. Actually, I don't even think it's drugs. I think it would just be alcohol. If that one scene where they finally had money was any occasion, they drank. A wow, did they drink a fuckload of bush? Wow, that was a lot. Okay, so Brian, this was your first time ever watching this film, correct? Yes, it was. What is your overall impression on this? Well, I, I keep going back and forth whether or not I actually enjoyed this or hated it. Because every time I think I like it, it just goes to shit. And every time it goes to shit, I start to like it. Okay. And I, I don't know. It, it seems like it was 75% there, and it was missing a few few small aspects that probably would have tied the whole shit it's like and a caboodle together. in it, right? Hmm? It was like a, a film that had typos in it or something? Nah, not really. It's like, the editor is just like, I've got ten scenes. Whoa, throw it in the air and be like, okay, we'll just place it like that. Like, it was just seemed so out of order. It seemed very much the way that there was a little bit of missing things that would have connected the little pieces together a little more, and it would have been a lot more coherent. Well, I would have thought that, but, like... It's hard to tie most scenes together. Like, it was so jumbled up. Disjointed. The, uh, even that. Like, disjointed implies that there is some kind of... If we slipped a piece in the middle, we might actually make it work. But this was random. 
I, I think you got to watch it more than one time. If you watch it once, you're like, okay, hey, what the fuck was that? Yeah, I ran out of liquor after the first time, so. Well, there you go. I mean, but you watch it the second time, and, like, there's little subtleties that kind of, like, hook everything together, and. Things you wouldn't have noticed the first time. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, characters in the background of certain scenes, or. Or you see that this guy is part of this gang in some sort of weird backdoor way, or he's getting paid by this other guy, so that he's, you know, tied to both both the gangs in the group. Or like the first time they go to the Samoan bar and the guy comes running out on fire and then later a guy tells the story of why that guy was on fire. You know what? I, that was I, hilarious. I, just, I love that. I, I don't know. I must have missed a whole bunch of this movie because I just felt like I watched a, a film that was uh, shot in uh, sepia. Except, <laughs> except, except for the green. Except for green. All the liquor bottles were very, very green. <laughs> That's actually uh, kind of how this was done. The entire movie's done like that to look like it's... Uh, Found footage? (laughs) You know, I was actually, I was going to say closer to a grindhouse type film, almost. It it just was shot like that. It felt like that. And then I was blown away when I saw it was maybe 98 because I would have convinced him, but would have been convinced it was like mid 80s. No, fair enough. I think that was the point of it, though. It was made to look like it was a lot older than it was, kind of grimy and sludgy. Yeah, it had the feel of mid 80s movie. I, I can see that, but it's. When you look at it, you kind of see, okay, there's things in here that are actually better done than what they did in the 80s. It's not so it's not so pixelated than a lot of 80s movies are. Plus, I could have sworn at some point you told me this was a comedy, so it was really let down. I it's, think it's, it's kind of funny. funny. It, it is had funny. some funny moments, but it's I wouldn't categorize it as the, a comedy. I love the cocky rhyming slang parts. That or made me... when Eddie the Greek uh, is scared out of his mind when he's being accused of selling his own drugs back. To the guy, and he, like, goes to put his drink on the table, except for he broke the glass in the previous, like, time he was there. So he just drops the glass on the ground and runs like fuck. You, you know what I read? I read that scene was improvised. It was. I completely believe that, because I watched it, I was like, wow, that had to be improvised. There's no way they could like, have scripted that. They just went, went with it and said, this is good. Let's <laughs> go with it. Because it was pretty funny, because the last time he was in that room, he broke the table, too. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Uh, All right, so before we, uh, when we were at the bar beforehand to kind of, you know, break the fourth wall discussing that, this, Mark, you seem to be very interested in how the groups all lined up. Uh, yeah, like it was, it's kind of difficult to follow when you watch all of the like separate little like groups. I mean, there's the one group with the, with the drug dealer, um, Rory. Mm-hmm. Then you have the other group, which is the four friends at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then you have the other group, which is Hatchet Harry's group, which is, hatched harry the baptist and somehow chris. chris and little chris fit into that group and then there's the other one which is the neighbors yeah the, the neighbors but then there's the weed growers yeah there's the weed growers there's the neighbors there's hatched harry and that's the on their the, the, the group of the four. four yeah there's four groups in this movie basically if you want to go with that and then the greek yeah but the greek kind of floats between. he's not really a group he's kind of a, his own He's got all ten fingers and ten toes in all the dirty little pies of London. I like how they had to introduce him at the very beginning so that you'd actually understand where he comes from. I feel yeah. like they had to do that and introduce him early on as yeah. not only a cheapskate, but to kind of give you an idea of who he was, especially when later he just fucking fucks off with his French fry phone. Yeah, you had to have him inserted at the very beginning so that you understood where he kind of fit because he... He fell off the radar a little bit in the middle of the movie. Well, it's that's like life, right? Like people yeah. come and go in your life all the time. Sometimes you won't see someone for years. 
All right. Uh. So, what about it was confusing to you? Because you seemed very like unsure of what was going on. Uh, the confusing part was just like how the groups kind of like who was part of which group and just difficult to kind of keep them together, right? And be like, how does this guy relate to this guy? And how does this guy relate to the next guy? Which group is going to be actually doing this task and other things like that? Yeah, and how they all started kind of coming together, like the two random thieves that they had to hire that ended up killing everyone at the end. Yeah. They didn't kill everyone. They only killed Hatchet, Harry, and the Baptist. Yeah, well, the two major antagonists, basically, of the movie. I wouldn't even consider them the antagonists. Well, they kind of were the two people that they were kind of... I would consider Dog and his team, the neighbors, to be the antagonists. Actually, if you watch this film... You really don't know who the antagonist... No, the antagonist technically would be the four friends, if you really think about it. Because everything happens because of them. Like, all of the terrible shit, and the reason every single person in this movie dies is because of them. But then again, you could have pointed out and say that the only reason things happened is because they cheated at the poker game, so therefore... They have the antagonist being Harry and the Baptist because therefore they've cheated and cheated them out of their money. And then they just made worse and worse decisions. Yeah, like that it just. But they weren't even aware they were but, cheated out of their money. They yeah. just thought they lost. They're like, well, let's just steal some cash yeah. and then go with it. We only have a week. Wait, it, it just seemed like the whole reason that they cheated was just to get the bar. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing that I thought about this Would was. Would the bartender sting? Yeah. Did anyone else catch that? I had no idea what was going on for about an hour and a half. Oh, the bartender's sting. Yeah. Really? It's sting. Yeah. Oh. I did not notice that. I kind of, I didn't know who he was until you pointed him out right here, but it's like, I know that, I know who he is. That was sting. Actually, it's because of him this movie got made. Ah, I see. His wife found it in like a pile of screenplays, fell in love with it, and is the reason it got produced. Oh, well, props to sting's wife. Yeah. And then the only reason we saw it was because Tom Cruise went to the first screening of it in England and got essentially bribed to go see it in England. So he went to go see it and he took Brad Pitt and then Brad Pitt saw it and the hence why and then it became that's why they did Snatch later. And so it's like literally this film is such a fucking weird clusterfuck in itself, but what it did in the real world is also a fucking clusterfuck. Because of the fact that then Madonna fell in love with the soundtrack to this film, so then she wanted to get the rights to, like, for, uh, I think it was Universal or whatever company she, her stuff's all under. So she got it all moved to Universal so that they could produce the soundtrack in America. And then she married Guy Ritchie. Ah, yeah, that's kind of right. Wow. Yeah, this movie kind of clusterfucked itself while it was being clusterfucked itself. Yeah, it essentially clusterfucked itself into existence. Hmm. Yeah, but like, as you said, this but this movie actually didn't have much of a budget because it was kind of underground at the very beginning. Well, that was the interesting thing. So it's Guy Ritchie's first film, right? And they kind of gave him like, oh, here's a budget of 200,000 pounds at the time. And they were like, he's like, sweet. So he gets started. He starts like getting people to do it. And then all of a sudden they're like, yeah, no, uh, we're only going to give you 80,000 pounds. Sorry, buddy. They don't, even have to have, they don't even have enough to play a poker game. <laughs> they can't even get their own poker game I'm just going to take a side moment here did you mistype that to start with 20 million pounds and drop to 800,000 or was it oh, 200,000 I think I think you're right sorry I no, I didn't mistype it I missaid it I was trying to do the facts from my memory right. ah. so 20 million pounds 
which is 40 million Canadian dollars. Uh, a little fucking bit, yeah. economy. And about 20,000, probably 25,000, 25 million US. Uh, I, th- I think the, the GDP or GBP. Whatever it is, yeah. GBP is almost on par with US dollar. I think they're a little lower. No. No, the US no, dollar is shit. US dollar is the No, US dollar is incredible right now. Yeah, yeah it's, it's really com- good. The, the pound. The British uh, pound? Okay, the British pound like, is usually the best. British Gentlemen, pound is I am usually... taking us to the internet. Let's see what the pound is at. Because that's totally on top. Let's go to pound town. One US dara is compared to a GBP. GBP? GBP, UBP, IBP. IBP and all night long. Okay, so it's fair enough to say the great British pound to the US dollar is like the US dollar to Canadian dollars. So you get 70, 70 pence to the dollar. Fair enough. But anyway, let's just say this movie had a started out with a high budget and went down to a low budget. Yes, let, let's just exaggerate. That range was much larger of a reduction. We're talking at least 80%, I think. That's quite a big drop. Yes. So essentially he made this movie on, yeah, about 20% of what he was originally going to make it on. So they had to you know, reduce it down to one color film and just <laughs> pencil crayon in the bottles. Rotoscoping things. Hey, and, there you go. Uh, Some rotoscope. No, they can't afford a rotoscoping. <laughs> that got cut at the uh, but, three million yeah. mark. Because of the low budget of this, Guy Ritchie got very fucking creative. Of, like, the 44 spoken parts of this, 17 of them were not actors before this film. Like, a lot of them, I was like, who are you? Pretty much all of them, I felt that way. I was going Well, the one guy, and... I couldn't remember. Every time I saw him, I was thinking, you look like a really young Ben Affleck. Who? Uh, what, Jason, Th- Jason Statham? No, it wasn't Jason Statham. It's one of the, one of the other, other guys. He's one of the, one of the other uh, parts of it. I think he was in the neighbors group every time i saw him i was like wow you look just really like a young ben affleck are you talking about the guy with the big ass gun that was a chick that was a dude that was a dude first it was a dude first and then she oh okay 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 (laughs) that was the chick that was passed out on the couch in the beginning he like because they always forget she's there that was kind of the joke that that was just like fucking out of the blue i'm like yeah badass badass and he starts over whack (laughs) yeah like just every time i saw him i was like wow this reminds me of the guy from Chasing Amy, Ben Affleck from Chasing Amy. All back. Well, okay, so yeah. who who was the guy that worked extra hard to focus on every fucking swear? Oh. The bald guy on the couch all the time. The, the bald uh, guy on the couch. The Baptist. The, the Baptist? Baptist? Was I mean, it the Baptist? Yeah. yeah. I was convinced he was Stephen Frost. No, no, no. <laughs> um, actually, this was his last film. He died a month before it went... It got shown. Oh, that's unfortunate. Gonna fuck <laughs> every fucking time. That's what that's what t- dragged me through this movie. Every time he swore, he put so much emphasis on it. It made me so happy. Jesus fucking Christ! <laughs> yeah, but like every actor in this movie, you're right. Like they're very no name. Like they didn't really have any point. Well, this was both Vinnie Jones and Jason Statham's first film. In fact, Jason Statham, when he got picked up for this film, he literally was on the street selling fake perfume. 
Like how this, the whole movie opens, that's literally how they found him. That's what he was doing for money, was selling fake perfume on the yeah. street corner. Huh, that's kind of an interesting little fact on that one. And, yeah. and Vinnie Jones just got out of prison, didn't he? Yeah, he had just gotten out of prison. That does not surprise me in some way. I, I don't understand why. Just beating but... up his neighbor. Oh. Yeah. Well, that doesn't surprise me either. <laughs> so, so was he even acting in this movie? Like, um, Not really. <laughs> like, just just walk on the set and do your thing. Well, think about You're it. He was, uh, he was actually a football player. Was he? Or soccer, I guess. That football. Was... Football. English football league. This film. English football. He's a footy. That's from a different movie. That's from Eurotrip. He's a football fan. <laughs> also, can I can I mention that like everyone ended up in Snatch after this? Well, yeah, that's the whole idea. This was a Snatch was lock, stock, and two smoking gun barrels without a budget. Or with smoking a budget. barrels? There's no gun. Fuck, just I barrels. Get it, okay, <laughs> I've always done that. Lock, stock, and two smoking barrels. Lock, stock, and two smoking barrels. There, I said it right twice. Fucking cut it in wherever the goddamn time. No, <laughs> you're three. <laughs> Fuck. Uh... Yeah, but like it's just kind of one of those movies where it they it was so low budget, no one knew about it, so they made a second movie so that everyone did know about it, so it kind of got backplayed by the sequel. You know what this kind of follows the trend of is the Trailer Park Boys movie. The first movie that came out was like this black and white short, low budget, and then all of a sudden they made what they wanted to afterwards, or yeah. like Clerks. Yeah, yeah, I've never seen Clerks. Okay, Clerks is a similar concept. Kevin Smith's first film, he funded it all himself. Uh, all black and white, pretty much one scene in the entire film. Because of that, he went on to make bigger, better things, including Clerks 2, and coming soon, Clerks 3. But... Uh, oh, oh, God. I'm excited. I want to have to see that yes, on the are. podcast at some point. And Tony has a shitty burger face. And, and by seeing it, we mean, like, we're going to watch it and record this live. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. I'm and gonna Tony's gonna make my ass uh, off. I'm gonna uh, jizz all over my pants. Uh, it's gonna be a fantastic time. The body is willing, but the tanks are empty. Uh, Shut up. <laughs> I mean, during the movie. Oh, okay. I'm giving uh, you some level of credit. <laughs> unlike Jeff's running on empty. Oh, zing. Okay. All right. So, yeah. one of the big things about this film that I always really love is the scene that's subtitled. Well, you had oh, to yeah. have subtitles for half the movie anyway, because at points where they're so strongly accented that if you don't have like a million, million had, on your volume, you can't understand the thing. Um, I had I, no problem understanding I had no them. problem whatsoever. I think yeah. that's just a you thing. Well, the first, <laughs> that's I'll, a you problem, Jeff. I'll put it this way. The first time I watched this film, I was kind fell of, asleep. I was a little tired, fell asleep halfway through, but like, it was also really low sound. So I had like... I was really having problems understanding what was going on. Well, then I, I that's also then I watched of... it again, and it's at normal volume, and I was like, "Oh, I have Can no I ask problem you a question with then, this." Jeff? Okay, you've seen Austin Powers in Goldmember. Who hasn't? Yes, the scene where him and his father have the conversation. It's yeah. a spoof on yes. this. And you know what? I understood every fucking phrase without without the subtitles. Like, yeah. if if you have English folk around you, and I mean English, English. Cockney. Yeah, it, I, I, not always Cockney, but like definitely like Liverpool, Wales, you know, that sort of stuff. Well, I lived with uh, Joshua for so long. That I'm I, so sorry. I also am half English, so, you know. Yeah. But, but the thing was, was that they teased back and forth a little bit, right? You know, so it it was close. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty fantastic. I, I did appreciate it. 
Yeah, but I like, just love the subtitles to it. Yeah, the subtitle scene where it was like, wow, I actually have like an understanding of where these things were come from. He op- he opened up his north, and I was like, oh, he opened up his mouth. Like that makes absolute sense. The thing is, though, is it was a localized slang, right? That's why it was probably targeted with the subtitles for the English audience as a laugh because it was out there even for English folk. Yeah, it was purposely over the top. Yeah, I was like, wow, that is just every piece of slang they can throw in there at once. I don't know, even the story though itself is pretty funny about how he just lights a guy on fire. So anyway, I love that because it's very, it very much shows where they're at. The, like, the slang, it, that's what, one of the great parts of the film is it actually shows like, they're in that kind of slummy area. Yeah, in a sense. You know what I found though? I found the dialogue was so surprisingly good. Well, even the fact when it's like, you forgot the guns, you fucker. Yeah, yeah, you know, the thing was, was, my Bren gun. Hmm? It was. It's my Bren gun. Oh yeah. <laughs> the thing was, I found the dialogue was so casual and natural for them. Like you know, it's exactly what you would expect from a bunch of air, um, inexperienced thugs. Yeah, mm-hmm. like it's very colloquial. For the word I was looking for. It I was. Guess. It was good without being slapstick funny. Yeah. Like you know, it was all right on that edge. It could have teetered into like a Three Stooges almost comedy, but it was just enough humor. Mm-hmm. Where you're, to be where it's like some guys just chilling around. They don't have shit. to be acting stupid. Yeah. Right? Yeah. One thing I, I, I well, I, I did my usual research on this film. The reason that they're so casual like that is because uh, before filming, they got everyone together and had a big football match where uh-huh. they paired them up into their groups and actually made them play soccer in their groups so that they could like bond and figure out how they all work together. Mm, that's yeah, an easy of, way of doing it, I guess. The thing it's is... It, it felt so unscripted, and that's probably a huge, huge contributing factor. Is the fact that they actually made them bond first, as opposed to just throwing them, throwing them on set. It's like one of those things, right? The, to just for the director to do to help progress. Yeah, progress the movie, build the story, actually have a very good chemistry between the characters and the groups of characters. Because... Well, it does nothing for story, but it definitely helps the chemistry. Yeah, well, like... it looks like they've been friends since they were growing up, right? Like, they've been through everything like this together for years. So it's just kind of like, okay, this guy's got this weird cognitive scheme he's got working out, so let's all get on board and do it. Yeah, let's just go with it. Yeah. Which, but... by the way, that scheme is ridiculous. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, it makes a good movie. It does. It's like the over-the-top over heist. Okay, they're going to rob the guys, and then when they get back, we're going to rob them, and then we're going to change vans halfway through. Well, they didn't yeah. even think of that at the beginning. It's just kind of like like it morphed into that. They were going to rob the weed guys, and then after that, they were going to come back, and then they found out that the, they, the weed guys were getting robbed. So well, no, they were never going to rob the weed guys. They didn't know the weed guys existed. Because they found out through the wall from their neighbors that they oh, were going to... That's right. So they're just like, yeah, we're going to... Since they're going to rob them, we'll rob them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it just makes it like this easy <coughs> way of getting a 500 grand. And then Eddie the Greek is going to fence it for them and then finds out that he's selling it back to the guy who was going to like the original owner. The original owner. Yeah. So you're selling the weed to the guy that you're you're selling stolen weed to a guy you robbed. This is not a good idea. And then of course they've broken through the wall while they're all out drinking and celebrating. No, no, no. They didn't break through the wall. Dog did. 
They threw the guy's head through the Yeah, wall. but that, that wasn't the guys that were drinking. No, 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 I know. The right. dog and his group, while the the main characters were out drinking. Yeah, Winston their... got his head thrown through the wall the day after, the morning after they were drinking. Yeah, and so then they all broke through the wall. Eddie the Greek pointed, uh, I can't remember, the the crime lord with the drugs. I can't remember his character's Rory. name. Rory. Rory? Is it Rory? And uh, I just, I love that, like, firefight between the two factions. And then... You know, Vinnie Jones just shows up and is like, thanks for the money. <laughs> yeah. Well, then the other one where they're ca- trying to call, it's like, we don't have the money. We don't have the money. They're trying to call to make the arrangement. And Hatch and Harry goes, thanks for the payment. Yeah. And like, he's going, you talking And these about- guns that you gave me. Thank you. Yeah. They're like, I want to talk to you about the guns and where you got them. So he shows up and everyone is dead again for the second place they've showed up. He's like, not again. I'm out. I'm out. I can't do this. I love that Vinnie Jones goes in and sees, oh God, what's the other guy? Uh, the one who ended up at the very end wearing the toque all the time. Uh, on the poster, he's the guy in the red shirt. Soap. That's not no, soap. Soap's the guy in the... Soap's uh, the cook. Soap's yeah, the guy in the cook. Yeah, okay. Uh, Eddie, Eddie Bacon? Tommy Tom? Eddie Bacon. Tommy. Thank you, Tommy. Tommy. Because Jason Statham is Bacon. Bacon is Statham. Yes, yes, yes. Statham, yeah. And Soap's the other guy. Anyway. Soap's on the right. <laughs> anyway, so um, Tommy goes in, ret- is retrieving the guns, in walks uh, Chris, and he sees him with the guns, not knowing if they're loaded or not. And I love the, like, the narration going over it. And it's like, so he goes one way, and he goes the other way. And the one takes the bag, and the other one takes the guns. And they just part ways. Yeah. <laughs> then, I- <laughs> at the end of the movie, where it's like, I have set myself up. For me and my son, if you have a problem with that, basically go fuck yourself. <laughs> Better show up with a white fucking flag. Yeah. And he opens up the bag. Thing's empty. What the fuck? And all it is is an envelope with the book for the antiques of hunting or what? Antiques of sporting goods. And, and like what were those guns worth? Like $250,000 to $300,000 a piece. Pounds. Pounds a piece, yeah. yeah. So um, essentially, five hundred and six hundred, five hundred, five to yeah. six hundred grand for the guns, and we're like, "Oh, she's throwing them off the bridge." Yeah, well, I thought I, that was a great way to end it with like him holding I, the phone in his. I mouth, was like, hoping they were going to kill it there. I'm watching the movie and I'm going, "This would be the absolute perfect ending if they killed it without knowing." Because this is a movie where that would make sense absolutely, and I was happy they did it that way. I like it because it essentially means that they they still lost their money, but they didn't lose, like, as much as they could have. Like, they lost their initial, like, nest egg of 100G, but they didn't lose, like, they didn't have to pay the rest of it. And, like, it through all these hair-banging schemes and all this other shit going on all around them in this clusterfuck of a film, they still managed to come out. Ahead. Not ahead, but not really behind. They would have been ahead. If they they would have been definitely ahead. Because they if only they lost sold a, the guns. They lost $25,000 a piece. Mm-hmm. So they made five hundred off the sale of the guns. So if each, they kept the guns. But you don't know if they did yeah. or not, Okay, right? so, so I mean, you never know. You, so you never know. So go with even, the fairytale ending or the tragic loss. I mean, so they're still at a hundred k, or they're up 500 Yeah, so yeah, in reality, it's, it could be a lot worse. Yeah. And I just kind of like that, that you know, don't know if they came out ahead or if they came, if they like got royally fucked. 
Yeah. It's kind of a neat little way of doing it. Oh, yeah. I guess the moral of the story is that you can like, gamble, and there's really no consequences because the guy who you owe money to is going to die at the end anyway. So <laughs> problem solved. I don't know if that's the moral of the story to go with, but... I think the moral of the story is don't be stupid. <laughs> well, that's kind of... Well, if you're going to be stupid, have a plan. I don't Actually, you know what it is? I think it's, uh, you know... I think it's don't do crime because shit's going to get fucked up. Yeah, that's kind of a good idea. Brian, what do you think the moral of the story was? I don't know. I just have three very memorable moments about this movie. Okay. Number one, their overall hatred of traffic wardens. <laughs> <laughs> number two, their elaborate dildo scheme. And Wait, no, which elaborate dildo scheme? Where he beat scheme? the guy with the... Beat the oh, guy no, not, like, the, not, not the like, beating one. The one, yeah, the one the, of the... The, the uh, mail-away dildo. The, the mail-away like, dildos. Oh, yeah. Let's say, you know, we'll send you back a check with this elaborately kinky brand and see who's willing to cash the check and let's walk away with the money. <laughs> I love the guy's explanation of it. It's like, all right, so we'll get this... We'll call it, like... Fatty Wackers Patty yeah, Club. like, faggy bum ticklers. <laughs> the best in anal pleasure you've ever experienced. Straight from the scientists in America. <laughs> we can't get... So... Sorry, we cashed the check, but here's a refund from the other company. Faggy, fanny, faggy ticklers. No, no, it's like uh, something fanny ticklers and... Faggot club fanny ticklers or something like that. Oh, yeah, it was... Are, are yeah. you Googling? I'm very dangerously Googling fanny ticklers. <laughs> <laughs> very safe cautiously. search, safe search. <laughs> There's no safe search here. Just put in lock, stock, and two smoking barrels. Two smoking gun barrels. <laughs> two smoking gun barrels. I don't know why that's always how I've said it. Makes why sense. You, you opened a company called the, the Ars Ticklers Faggot Fan Club. That's what it was. Oh, Ars Ticklers. Ass Ticklers. Ars. Ars. It is classified as Ars, technically. I don't, I don't know if the Brits follow the Newfie. Well, the Newfie. Ars more than ass. The Newfie accent came from Ireland. Go. Fucking potatoes. Yeah. Okay. So the dildo scheme, the hatred of traffic wardens. And and the comical death of the fuck are you doing here? Oh yeah, when they're looking at um, okay, the the bald guy, the uh, the Baptist, Baptist, the Baptist, and the other guy in the office when they shoot each other, Hatchet Harry, Hatchet yep. Harry, and they look at each other like the fuck are you doing no, here? No, 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 not not Hatchet Harry. No. It's the thief. Oh, the, the one thief. that his his uh, perm got yeah shot yeah yeah. By the old man. That was fantastic. Are you okay? And just see the smoking fucking cutout. Yeah. I just spent 125 quid on this hair. I'm not going to put a mask on. So he ties the thing around his nose. He <laughs> look like a freaking like, black-nosed clown. That was the problem. You know, there were so many funny, funny little fucking moments here. And then it just kind of dribbles off and you forget about it until you have another funny moment. Like... If they had maintained that level of comedy, I would have enjoyed this okay. way, way well, more. One of my favorite scenes that's a comedy moment is when they, after the uh, the neighbors leave to go rob the place, and they're like, okay, we're going to go over there and hide. They all show up, and he goes, did you forget the guns? And he goes, shit, arse, I did. And he, like, walks back out because he <laughs> forgot to bring the guns. I wonder if that was scripted or not. It was It was scripted, kind of ad-libbed, because the day they shot that scene, they forgot the gun props. <laughs> yeah, I kind of figured something like that might have happened. So but. they kind of put that in there, which is kind of funny, and just goes to show how unlike prepared they are. Especially the dude who just has all the random knives. He's like, "You use the guns, and then I'll sneak out of nowhere." A knife doesn't make a noise. So well, the cook, the cook one where it's like, 
Don't you have anything bigger? And he pulls out like this gigantic machete, and it was like, okay. Oh, it's like when he was talking about. It, he's like, what did they say? He's like, knives are silent, guns are for show, knives are for pros. Yeah, it's like gotta be worried about soaps past. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably one of my favorite scenes of the entire movie. It's where it's like, wow, oh, okay, where did this come from? Or actually, the the same scene where they're hiding, and it's like, okay, now we hide. Well, where do we hide? Oh, crap. <laughs> they have to figure out where to hide. So Jason Statham is just like crammed down beside the safe. <laughs> and everyone's in the room like with one's under the, like, one was under the couch, I believe. That was a different scene. That was uh, the shootout. Oh, that, that was, was the shootout, yeah. the bed and he shot him in the feet or something like that. Yeah, that's the yeah. shootout one, yeah. yeah. Which would still suck. Yes. Well, now his toes are gone. Now I'm going to shoot off his leg if you don't let me in. Different scene. I know. I'm so bad at this. Oh, I know, but I'm going to that scene now because it's just... A, oh, the, the weed dealers with the BB gun shooting. I'm being <laughs> shot! <laughs> I oh, la- I'm being shot! Stop getting shot! <laughs> I laughed my ass off of that scene. I was like, this is the absolute most perfect thing for a weed dealer to have is a BB gun. <laughs> I love the one dude with like the overkill gun. He's just like... The bread he's gun. Got, yeah, he's just got like pink ear protectors on. <laughs> then the woman shoots him, and it's like this slow motion that reminds me almost of like something like Sin City, Ocean's Eleven. Maybe? Ocean's Eleven, yeah, like something like that. Where it's or like, or I got another good one, Sherlock Holmes. Eh, when they're running like through the slow-mo. trees, yeah, the slow mo, like interesting. Yeah. Guy Ritchie film. Hmm. Yeah, I wonder why. Like slow motion, Guy Ritchie, maybe lens flare and J.J. Abrams. <laughs> Guy Ritchie does like his slow-mo. Yeah, I noticed that a few times. What, what's that smirk about? Oh, I'm just, I'm actually reading quotes of the one-liners in this movie. And like, you know what? They they go so well at the time and you forget them after the fact. But fuck, are they The fun. dialogue in this is amazing. There's a whole lot of hilarious dialogue. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, come on, give me an example here. Okay, okay, okay. I'm waiting. Well, I mean, I, I did appreciate Tom's line of, there's no money, there's no weed, it's all been replaced by a pile of corpses. <laughs> <laughs> that was the first pile of corpses when they showed up, and then there was a second pile of corpses. Yes, and and there's something about, you know, the way, I, I don't know, it's the term paraphrasing correct, or enunciation of how, with the nature of British accents, how it comes across, like, okay, who who does the best British accent in here? Go look at me, man. Come on, come on, someone's gotta... Jeff? Uh... Okay, what do you want? Okay, that was terrible. No, like, Tony. what do you want? <laughs> like, Good day, you... governor. Yeah, like, I what, can do a British What line are you talking person. about? Okay, you know what? I think you can do this. Eddie's line. Okay. We're, we're going to get Tony to read Eddie's line. They're armed. Armed with what? Uh, bad breath, colorful language, feather duster. What do you think? They're going to be armed with guns, you tit. <laughs> just lines like that. It's just the way... It's so... oh, just... If the milk turns out to be sour... I ain't the kind of pussy to drink it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think you need to accent tit a lot more. You tit. tit. You tit. 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 All right. Well. It's like five tits in a row. Yeah. Total recall style. <laughs> That's three tits. That's three tits. Tit, tit, tit. tit I just tat. wish I had an extra handout. All right. When are we That's doing Total Recall? I love that movie. I do too. Seriously, the third tit, it's hand, hand, mouth. That's a mouthful of paper mache there, my friend. 
Not not if you look for the real girl down in Miami. Who got um, a fake one put on? <laughs> that that, that exists. That? that exists. There's a girl down in Miami. There's also guys with boobs too. So, yeah, okay, Jeff, you go around fondling the fat men downtown, and Tony and I will look for the third tit. <laughs> I'm just Tony, saying, Tony and Brian's adventure for the third tit. Yeah. <laughs> we can do it. That is film. The quest for the third tit. tit. That would be the greatest porno ever. All right. So, all in all, I feel like we've uh, really hit this uh, movie down, nailed it down. The dialogue is by far the best. But, uh, Mark. Yes. On a rating of one to five, zero not being an option, uh, what would you say you rate this film? I'm like a three. It's not like a great film, but it's it's entertaining. Okay. It's it's. It's exactly what it is. It's like old, like British style comedy, which is entertaining in its own right, but it's not like great. It's not great cinema, but it's a great movie. Hey, it's it's cool to watch. I mean, it's not the best film, but it's cool. It's interesting. Okay, Brian. Well, turn. I'm I'm going to deduct uh, two very blurry, out of focus tits and give this three out of five. <laughs> Seriously, the one chance at nudity, and what do we get? We get blurry black background uh, stripper. Yeah, that was really disappointing. The yeah. really weird looking stripper that was like, um, have I you ever know, gone to a strip know. club? I've never seen a non weird looking stripper. I don't know, but as soon as soon as she comes in focus, oh, it's wrinkly back. <laughs> <laughs> like what was it? The director's wife or something? Maybe I don't know. But Tony, what would you give this movie out of it? Um, I grew up loving this film. It's one of those things where I've grown up watching it and called it "Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Gun Barrels" my entire life. Um, I'd have to say I'd actually give it like a 3.5 out of, or yeah, 3.5. You know, it's got fantastic dialogue. It's very well done. It's got a very interestingly written plot, but there's a lot of shit that it's definitely lacking and it's a low budget film. Like it's phenomenal and it definitely makes my list of hundred movies you should see before you die, but I wouldn't rate it any higher than that. Yeah. And I... I'm going to be about the same as Brian and Mark here. I'm going to give it the three. Because I think that, yeah, it needs a little bit of, like, exposition and parts. It kind of fell flat and put the pieces and things need to be a little more broad. Mm-hmm. But there was a lot of really good humor in the movie. There was a lot of really good lines. A lot of things really worked well. It was hilarious in points, but it fell flat in a lot of points. So three is, I think, a fair rating for this. Which kind of brings our total to uh, 15.5. 12, 12.5. Shh, math. There's 62.5%. Tony added yeah. an extra tit in there. I did. Yep. Extra three tits. If you yeah. <laughs> so, it's, so it's three and an eighth out of five. <laughs> <laughs> three and a nipple out of five. A blurry yeah. nipple. Blurry nipple. But yeah, 62.5. That's a pretty average movie. If you want to go with the Rotten Tomato scale where 60% is a fresh movie, it's I, kind of... You know what, though? The the, uh, the fans and the critics, they've rated this much higher. So, yeah, know, maybe, maybe we're overly critical, given how many years has passed since yeah. this came out. I still think it holds up quite a bit. It does. Like, I'm not saying... It's just not... There's there's a, It's lacking a lot. And it's funny, because if you watch Snatch, Snatch is an amazing film, and I would rate that higher, which is when they finally got a budget, and Guy Ritchie was able to essentially Do what redo, the, redo the idea. And you know what? He was on the right track with this one. I mean, it came out a year before The Matrix, and there's a lot of similarities in the filming style. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, this has been another episode of Flix X Raid. I'd like to thank our guest, Mark. Well, thanks for having me here. 
You're very welcome. I love your uh, your voice on the mics. It's Makes very mine sick. sound like shit. I gotta work on it. Gotta go low. You gotta go low. Embrace oh, it. Fuck. Just imitate dude. Newcomb. Okay, I'm just gonna go higher now. Uh, no, no, that's my shtick. Alright, well this has been another episode of Flix X Raid. I'm your host, Jeff. I'm your host, Tony. Thanks for coming on, guys. Good night, internet. Ever wonder what would happen after Earth? Check it out as we review the animated classic, Tight. Hey guys, if you liked what you heard, subscribe to us on Google Play and iTunes. Don't forget to give us a rating and a review. We'd love to hear from you. And you can follow us on Twitter at at Flixx Raid. And like us on Facebook at the page Flixx Raid. Thanks, guys. Good night, Internet.